You're listening to Beyond Synth, the best synthwave chat show there is. Welcome to the show. This is Beyond Synth, episode 276. And on today's show, I will be chatting with Thought Beings, a very talented group. We'll be chatting with Orion from Thought Beings. He's like sort of the brainchild and the main producer guy. Um, There is also a singer as well, Lemon. Uh, She is not present, but she does have a little message that she uh, recorded, so we listen to that. But the point is, it was a good chat, and Thought Beings makes really awesome music, so I think you are going to dig it. Now, we have a bunch of music to play before we chat with Thought Beings, and so I suggest we get this show started right away, because, ah, man, I had this bubble in my throat, and it won't go away, and it keeps on doing that thing. It It makes my voice sound like this, and then I don't know what to do about it. I bet you didn't know I could do that voice, did you? Maybe I should just do the whole show like that. Hey, everybody, welcome to Beyond Synth. The best synth wave chat show there is. Or I may never do that voice again. Anyways, let's get the show started and listen to some cool music. I want to listen to this track from Griff, because Griff makes cool tunes. This is New Religion. Oh, I was dreaming again. Tonight, all the stars come down. Alone, you, me, 
right, and that was Griff with the track New Religion. That is a cool song. Griff makes cool music. Go check out the music of Griff wherever fine Griff is sold. And uh, that song was uh, brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters, the kings of the Patterson, uh, Pattersons. Of course, there's uh, John Masari from Outer Space, and then there's Robert D. Bishop, Chris Dance, and Mike Shima. You guys are fucking cool guys. Now look, speaking of cool guys, do you people enjoy the music of Ali Ride? Well, if you do, I'd like to let you know that he is putting on a one night only exclusive online concert thing. And I'm going to go to the website so I can read this properly. So on the uh, 27th of March, which I believe is Saturday for us uh, North Americans, Ollie Ride is putting on a show. And if you go to momenthouse.com slash Ollie Ride, so that's momenthouse, M-O-N, M-O-N, fuck. Have fun buying tickets, assholes. Okay, M-O-M-E-N-T, house.com, slash Ollie Ride. Or just check out Ollie Ride socials or whatever. Maybe I'll post a link in the fucking thing here. Go check out the uh, concert, because it's going to be a good time. There's lots of uh, packages you can get. It's a one-time concert. I've seen them uh, gearing up and getting ready, and uh, it looks like it's going to be a cool show. You know, if I were just saying off the top of my head what it's probably going to be about, I would say that uh, you will uh, experience an exclusive moment from Lafayette, London, with the sensational Ali Ride, supported by his full backing band. He will be performing a selection of songs from from his debut album, Thanks in Advance, along with fan favorites, as well as an exclusive performance of brand new material. That's exciting. Go to momenthouse.com slash Ollie Ride. You have a few days to buy some tickets to go and watch this show. And there's going to be, I think there's a meet and greet online afterwards and some other stuff, but you got to pay extra for that. And uh, and yeah, but it should be a good time. We were going to film like a silly video, but uh, he didn't have time because he was uh, so busy putting together this show for you guys. He didn't have enough time to make a silly video. And then fucking Outland is like, we can't associate with you, Andy, because of what you said about the Queen. And by the way, it was fucking totally true. I said she was hot. You know Ollie's a talented guy. He's the best front man in the scene. He puts on a good show, so I bet you it's going to be a good time. Can you believe I'm not even getting paid to say this? It sounds like I'm getting paid. Someone pay me. (laughs) Or Stu from Outland. Give me some money. (laughs) Yeah, so go uh, momenthouse.com slash Ollie Ride. Yeah, that's it. That's all I got. So now let's listen to some more music. All right, it's time. It's music time. We got some letters to read, and we have uh, some more music to play, and then later in the show, we'll be chatting with Thought Beings. So here's a nice one from uh, Adriel. Of course, I had her on the show, was that last season or the season before? Anyway, she's a talented lady and makes cool music, and uh, you should dig this track. It's called Excavate, and uh, it's brought to you by my awesome... Hey, what the hell? Let's thank the awesome PayPals. We're talking about Yota, Upgrade Jimpy, the king of the... The PayPal's, and then we got uh, Austin Whetstone, Anselmo Incorporated, the Rossconian, Brandon Morin, Ross Bruce, Digital Dreams, Gustav Velichek, Russell Nyes, Daniel Williams, Timothy Warwick, Jimmy Groon, and Jersey. Uh, I hope you dig this. This is Adriel with Excavate.
All right, and that was Excavate by Adriel. And that was brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters. Well, we've got some new activity here. We've got a new uh, new to the $5 club. we got City Lights. I think we played a track of uh, his the other day, although it's spelled Z-I-T-I-L-I-T-E-S, which makes it very confusing. But I know now that it is indeed City Light. So thanks for supporting the show, dude. I appreciate it. And we got another member of the $5 Club, I think. Is the four-pound club the $5 Club? <laughs> Fucking currency conversion. Ayla Vaycock. Is that how you say your name? Ayla? Ayla you wrote me a letter, but you never said how to pronounce your name. So uh, anyway, listen, thanks for also joining the Beyond Synth Patreon. And we have a new member of the Triple Six Club, Adam Conway. Adam Conway, you are a devilish fellow. Thank you for supporting the show. And Roboito has upgraded his support. <laughs> Now, Roboito is also in the $5 club. You're a cool guy, Roboito. I feel like I haven't said that name in a while. Roboito. Roboito. Thank you all for supporting the show. You guys are really cool. So what's been going on? Oh, I watched Justice League. Yeah, they got my 20 bucks. I signed up for Crave because Crave is how we get the HBO content. That's our service up here. And I figured I'd sign up for two months because there was this and then Mortal Kombat is next month. And then a friend of mine told me that Mortal Kombat isn't going to come to the service. That I guess Justice League is just some weird anomaly. Because, like, Tom and Jerry didn't come to the Canadian version of HBO Max or whatever. And I'm going to be really pissed off <laughs> if that actually is true. <laughs> and I paid this money and then I don't get, I have to pay like an extra 30 bucks to watch Mortal Kombat. Listen, I like Justice League. I went in with, uh, without really any expectations. I think on this show, I defended Batman vs. Superman, the extended edition, but not to defend it to say that it's a great movie, just that I don't think it deserves the hate it gets. Like, when people talked about Batman vs. Superman, like, they talked about it like it was a horrible movie, and I don't think it's a bad movie. I don't think the extended cut is a bad movie. I also don't think it's a great movie. I think it's a solid six and a half out of ten, and it's got a few moments that are really, really awesome, but it also has this relentlessly depressing tone, which is draining by the end of the movie. And then when you juxtapose that with Captain America 3 that came out, you know, around the same time, that movie was just a blast, right? However, having gotten a little tired of the Marvel formula, I actually found the Justice League movie kind of refreshing in a way. I kind of like seeing the superheroes portrayed like these sort of mythic godlike creatures like it was just different i find it fascinating that you know Zack snyder's position is is that he sees superheroes as gods and then you compare that to the marvel universe where you have thor who is a literal god and in the last movie he's like playing Fortnite with like a gaming headset on it's like they humanize him to the point where he's like a human teen and then the flip side you've got you know Zack snyder where every time a hero does anything it's in slow motion and lightning is like flashing in the back background and the music is like dun, 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 dun. anyway look the point is my personal feeling is i think i like it actually the best of the three dc movies that Zack snyder's made man of steel and batman versus superman i think justice league 
tonally isn't as depressing as Batman versus Superman. It's got a bunch of cool imagery. I thought the bad guys were cool. I like their voices. I like the way they looked. It's still not perfect. I have an issue with Zack Snyder's choice of music. I don't think there's a single Zack Snyder film whenever he does that thing where he plays like a folk song and does his imagery. It just doesn't work. His imagery is too epic. It needs epic music behind it all the time. And that's about it. That's my review, all right? So uh, I, I liked it, but if someone told me they didn't like it, I would totally understand because I get that his vision of DC is uh, not everyone's cup of tea. And since I really don't care about the DC universe other than Batman, it really doesn't affect me. So like, you know, when people complain about the way Superman is portrayed, I don't really care about Superman, so I don't care, you know? But I understand if you're really invested in the character, then you might feel the way I felt, you know, watching The Last Jedi and, and when the, what they did to Luke was like, you know, then that's when I sympathize because I get, oh, yeah, that's right. And there's some people who really care about Superman and don't like seeing him crying all movie. You know? <laughs> but I guess in this movie, he's hardly in the thing. So anyway, let's listen to some more music. I want to listen to this track from Scala. I hope that's how you say that. S-C-A-L-A. Uh, it's brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters. Well, we got Jose Arbello, the King of Hell, Mike Erdahl with the 5666, and Tim Carlton in the $50 Club. You guys are all awesome. I hope you dig this track. This is Scala with Forgive.
And that was Forgive by Scala. And that was uh, brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters. Well, there's Jacob Wick, my semi-sonic friend, City Hunter with the 42, and Hugh Hefner in the 2666 Club. I have a letter to read here. I'm still not 100% sure how to pronounce your name. Is Nephus or Nephus? He says, Hi, Andy. The last show with ZXSP was great. I just discovered her music with your podcast, and I love it. For the pronunciation of Nephus, I'm not sure of the right way to say it in English, because I'm a French guy. But I think the second time you said it was the good one. But whatever, I'm okay with the two pronunciations anyway. Okay, I don't remember what order I did it last time. I probably went Nephus and Nephus. He's French. French. Hmm. Is it Nefa? Nefas? Nefas? Uh, je ne sais pas comment on dit euh, Nefas. Euh, Nefas? Nefas? Je ne sais pas, hein? Uh, by the way, I'm the same guy that sent you an email a few weeks ago with my first Dark Synth EP. When you replied to my email, I was happy. I thought you were a cool guy, and I said to myself, it was time to contribute to a project that I find really interesting and unique. I discovered a lot of really good music in Beyond Synth and great interviews with artists that I like. So thank you for that! Well, thank you, Nefas. Nefas? See, now I've said it like eight different ways, so who knows? Anyway, look, uh, let's listen to another track, okay? Uh, I have this one here from Rocket Report, and uh, it's brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters in the $25 Club. Awesome people like Jimmy the Hutt, Newmark, Alex Seligson, Clint Dowling, Neverman, and Eurobeat Intensifies. And this is Rocket Report with highs like this.
All right, and that was Highs Like This by Rocket Report, brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters in the $25 Club. Awesome people like Tim Carlton, Honeybeard, Restless Nights, and A Star Apart. I got another letter here. Oh, and we got to do birthdays. Can't forget. <laughs> I fucked up last week. We did birthdays like at the end of the show. This one's from new supporter Ayla. I hope I'm saying that correctly. They say, uh, hey, I'm a new supporter in the UK. Love what you do. I'm one of those musicians that never makes any music. Ha ha. I sit and code all day with my Yamaha Reface CS on my laptop. What the hell is that? Yamaha Reface CS. It's a mini keyboard. The Yamaha Reface keyboards are designed around the practical needs of contemporary musicians. The name of the series, Reface, is a conflation of the idea of reimagining and the legacy of Yamaha's many groundbreaking keyboard instrument interfaces. All right. Well, glad I solved that. <laughs> Or they say, uh, uh, your show has a great mood, and I listened to it when my cat died. Oh, that's sad. Uh, you made me feel much happier talking about SJWs as I sat staring at his empty cat basket. Was I talking about SJWs? <laughs> hey, man, look, if it makes you happy, that's all that matters, right? Also, Cyberpunk 2077 was a huge letdown, and I'm not buying a PS5 until 2022. Keep it going. It's great. Cheers. Well, cheers to you, Ayla. I'm happy this show is able to uh, cheer you up. Although, I will say, I think sometimes people get a little confused as to what my point of view is. Because I didn't like Disney's Star Wars trilogy and some other key movies and things, that sort of puts me in a crowd of a certain type of person. <laughs> Which I'm not really a part of. Like, I have my own reasons for disliking those projects. But, you know, if you ever look up, like, negative reviews of Star Wars, it's, uh... An interesting community out there of some people who are uh, really upset all the time. Because I know, because I get some people who message me where they go like, oh, like you don't like this, then you must also not like these things. And I'm like, no, no, I'm fine with those things. I really just didn't like Star Wars. I thought the movie was dumb. Which isn't new for Hollywood. I think there's some people who act as though this is some like new phenomenon of having their, uh, their franchises ruined. And, uh, you know, I've been alive for a while. I've seen a lot of franchises ruined before uh, SJWs had anything to do with it. I mean, I don't think SJWs were responsible for RoboCop 3 or RoboCop the TV show or the two terrible RoboCop cartoons or Batman Forever and Batman and Robin or Superman 3 and Superman 4 or the Star Wars prequels or the Total Recall remake or the RoboCop remake or X-Men United or Terminator Salvation, or Terminator Genesis, or the last three seasons of Game of Thrones, or Alien Resurrection, or Alien vs. Predator 1 and 2, or any Predator movie after Part 2. I think you get the point I'm trying to make. The point is this, Ayla, thank you for supporting the show, and I'm sorry to hear about your cat. I haven't had a pet in a long time. My last cat, Fufu, died, uh... Fuck, when the hell did she die? I think, like, before my son was born... Wow, it's been a long time since I've had a pet. Hmm, something to think about. Anyways, uh, let's listen to some more music after that ridiculous list. I got uh, a cool one here from Wet Sunset. You'll dig this one. It's brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters in the $25 Club. Did I already mention Johnny Five? What about Monkey Magics, Kempson, Kenjiru, Martin Larby, and Blake Peterson? You guys are cool. Hope you like this. This is Getaway by Wet Sunset. 
And that was Wet Sunset with the track Getaway, brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters. Well, there's Forged in Neon with the 2049. In the $20 Club, we got Joshua Winter and Chatterack with the 1986 Jizz Whaler. And with a 1985, we got the Buchelman sisters, Rachel and Sarah. I think I also need to report that I think Pump Action Foreskin changed his name to Mystic Dink. <laughs> I like that one. Although I have to print out my list. See, this year I I thought it would help me stay organized if I actually print out the Patreon list instead of signing into the website so I have a hard copy here and if there's any changes I can highlight and stuff. But the problem is every week there's always some change. Whether some I get a new member or someone has uh, upgraded their support because sometimes people change their names and then like I actually don't see the update for like a month when I, you know, reprint a new copy. Anyways, uh, hey, let's do birthdays. All right, we got two birthdays coming up in a few days' time. I think this episode drops on the 23rd of March. We have two birthdays on the same day, the 28th. Isn't that exciting? We got Eurobeat Intensifies. Happy birthday to you, uh, March 28th, and you will be happy to know that you share a birthday with Ashley Keegan, a.k.a. Forged in Neon. That's right. So look at that. You guys share a birthday. I don't know if you share an age. I've been told it's impolite to ask women how old they are. Does that still count when you are old? Like, that's just like a young person's thing, right? Or is it actually an old person's thing? Is it like women in their 40s don't like to be asked how old they are? Because we all still think we're 20? (laughs) I say that as a woman in her 40s. (laughs) Shit, I'm gonna be 40. 
Anyway, happy birthday, Ashley Keegan! Get yourself something nice. I hope you enjoyed my Andy's Spaceship Video St. Patrick's Day edition. I say that because Ashley is Irish, or Irish, and uh, Eurobeat intensifies. I don't know where you're from. Are you Irish? Thankfully, I got a real Irishman to uh, be the voice of Nibbles McIreland, or else that uh, would have been a very offensive skit. But don't worry, I've got my finger on the pulse. I know what's going on. At least I pretend I do. Anyways, look, those are the birthdays, all right? I hope you like them, because now we're going to listen to a lovely song from Laura Dre. And it's uh, brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters. Well, there's Gene Creamer, Private Eye with the 1555. And in the $15 Club, we got Prophet of Jupiter and Hampus ML. And a special shout out to Dennis LaFunk, the coolest guy in town. And uh, now let's check this out. This is Laura Dre with Moving Spaces.
All right, and that was Moving Spaces by Laura Dre. That, of course, was brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters, Luke Jackson, Skywolf. Oh, there was a there was a Brandon track in the um, the last episode of Andy Spaceship. If you haven't seen it yet, the St. Patrick's Day one, it plays a Brandon track at the end, and Brandon, of course, is Luke Jackson and uh, Skywolf. I mentioned her and Mads Baron Christensen Retro Serenade, and we will never forget the immortal Chris Celia Lane. And uh, did I forget anything? Let me look at my notes. Oh, I'm really enjoying Rage 2. I'm on Xbox Game Pass, and so it's got all the, uh, you know, the old Bethesda and id Software titles. And, man, I thought I would hate Rage 2 just because that cover really annoyed me. <laughs> it's got that bandit lady with, like, this neon pink, like, mohawk, and she just looks really annoying, and she's, like, screaming. And I was wrong, man. This is a fun game. Because I don't normally like post-apocalypse shit. It's kind of post-apocalypse, but it's also super colorful, and it's got, like, lots of neons, and it's got this, like, industrial electronic soundtrack, and so, like, whenever it does, like, an action scene, it does, like, the fucking... It's got, like, these cool, like, industrial bass lines, and, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm really enjoying it. There's lots to do. I like games... I like open-world games where there's just a lot to do. You know what I mean? Like, it's a big map, and there's, like, tons of locations, and every location involves you, like, getting into crazy gun battles with the bandits and stuff. And uh, you have lots of over-the-top powers. It's it's, uh, it's my cup of tea. I'm enjoying it quite a bit. Oh, before we go to my conversation with Thought Beings, I would like to say that Black Light Coffee has (laughs) rebranded. It's now called Green Light Coffee. That's right. So forget everything I ever told you, because now you got to go to greenlightcoffeeco.com, although I have been told that Blacklight Coffee will still redirect you to this website. Type in the code BEYONDSYNTH to get uh, 10% off coffee. I'm on the website right now, uh, greenlightcoffeeco.com. It says sleep is for the weak. What keeps you awake, coffee or dreams? I don't know what that means. <laughs> what does that mean? What keeps you awake, coffee or dreams? I think I'll need to message the CEO of Greenlight Coffee to get clarification on what that means. I feel like it means something. I'm reading it and I'm like, if your dreams keep you awake or does coffee keep you awake? Is that good or bad? Anyway, look, go to greenlightcoffeeco.com. He's got lots of different uh, flavors of coffee. Well, there's Peru single origin. It's a medium roast. Has a tasting profile of salted caramel, silky sweet citrus. It's grown in a cooperative. That's nice. Soil type, clay minerals. Shit, I don't know anything about coffee. <laughs> what does this mean? Is that this good, bad? Anyway, look, there's lots of coffee here to choose from at greenlightcoffeeco.com. And if you use the code Beyond Synth when you order, you can get a discount on coffee. And at some point in time, at the end of the year, I am going to get a sweet check for $5 because of all the sales I've made. What the fuck is this? At the top of the website, it says for 10% off, use coupon code CYBER. Don't use that code. Use Beyond Synth. What's the point of the Beyond Synth code if he's given 10% off at the top of the screen? I'm going to have to demand that the Beyond Synth fucking code equals more than 10%. 
even if it means uh, uh, taking away some of my commission, you know? That's the kind of thing I do for my listeners, all right? Because I care. Actually, maybe we should listen to another song. Okay, let's listen to one more song. How about that? Crazy, right? So look, let's listen to this one. This is Siamese Youth. I've had them on the show. They were on the show last season. Uh, If you want to check that episode out, go do it. But in the meantime, listen to this cool song by Siamese Youth. This is So Far From Home.
right, and that was So Far From Home by Siamese Youth. Talented bunch of dudes. Uh, go listen to the episode I did with them because it was a good time. They have lots of great tracks. All right, now that's settled, let's go chat with Thought Beings. <laughs> All right, so I am here right now with Thought Beings. I do so little research, I don't even know your name. (laughs) (laughs) Introduce yourself. I'm Orion, and my partner in crime is Lemon. Okay, so we're 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 in alias territory. Is that yes? Okay, then you can call me a uh, fucking Matrix Magoo. Can I call you Matey? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Matrix <laughs> Magoo or Matey for short. Yeah. Okay, so I should let people know that you know if they listen to the music of Thought Beings and they hear there's like a female vocalist in there and you also sing as well and yeah. However, uh, the the Lemon aspect of this group uh, prefers to keep her anonymity. Is that correct? That's correct. Yeah. Okay. As do I. I mean, when we originally set this... (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) I know. And here I am, right? But she used to do pop music, and she was in development for a sub-label of Universal. And when I met her, I was working with part of the development team. She did pretty okay, but it wasn't enough for Universal to like throw a bunch of money at it. And so she got shelved. And ever since then, she's like done with that whole side of things. And we both decided to just keep working together and writing music together. And so that's kind of how this was born. And she's happy not to do interviews, not to take pictures. She just gets to write music and sing. And that's all she wants to do now. Now. And I am so happy with that because we get to just let the artwork do the talking for us and the music. And I I love it because I'll never have to worry about her being like, I'm going to go solo or like, you know, like <laughs> these, I want better pictures. Like I don't have to worry about none of that. And it's just a perfect setup. Yeah. So you'll be the spokesperson for the group today. However, Lemon did record a little greeting. So here's Lemon saying hi. Hi, this is Lemon from Thought Beings. I just want to thank everyone for all the support you've been giving us. And thank you for all the lovely comments, too. I've known Orion for many years, and we've made a lot of music together. We've shared stages together, and it's been so much fun along the way. We can't wait to bring you more music in the future. All right, so that was a public service announcement from Lemon from uh, Thought Beings, and I'm back here with Orion. So uh, the aesthetic of Thought Beings is this sort of Patrick Nagel-inspired artwork. So is, like, the imagery actually based on you two? Yeah, it's based on us. In terms of how you guys work together, is it mostly you doing production stuff? Yeah. This is kind of my creation because I also work with other musicians that I've met throughout my years in the industry. So I have guitarists, trumpet players, percussionists. And so I employ them in a sense where they're okay working anonymous. And we do a lot of stuff over the internet. And same with Lemon. Uh, I'll send her some music and she's like, perfect. Let me write some stuff. She sends it back. I'm usually really happy with the first round. I'm like, this is amazing. Thank you. And yeah, that's kind of how we work. Wait, so is this like a whole like collaboration of anonymous people? Like, do you have some other like side thing? I do. Or is this the side thing? This is the side thing. Okay. We're going to leave it there. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, I could give you like, so like I said, I met with her working on the development team. I, Mm -hmm. I do a lot of production for EDM music. Okay. And I do that. And that's, kind of run its course for me. I mean, I've had some moderate success doing it. I've DJed. I've done this whole thing. And all I wanted to do now is just like write really beautiful music and like not try to be this sensational EDM thing. And 
that's when thought beings was kind of born from that too because lemon was like yeah i want to do that too let's just make music and see what happens with it we'll just put it out into the ether and let's see what what goes so that's kind of how everyone gets to stay anonymous we're all in on it because it's just really cool to see the music do its own thing. So my guitarists are in on it. And these are people I've known for years in the industry. So when you were more focused on the EDM stuff, did you have an artist name for that project? Or were you mostly like a producer for other people? Actually, a little both. I had an act. It was like an EDM act that I did. And I also did remixes and production, assistant production for, hmm, I'll say, you know, like Enrique Iglesias, Owl City, just to name a few people. Stuff that not all of it was put out, but I was working under contract, just kind of consulting and assistant production. Remember that song, Hero? (laughs) Yes. Okay. Yes. I worked at Toys R Us that year and uh, it was like Christmas season and like toy stores, they hire people for the Christmas rush to like stack shelves. I mean, not this year, but I mean like most years to stack shelves and stuff. Uh And that was the Christmas that Hero was out. (laughs) And so they played that song like five times a night because we worked night shift. (laughs) That's it. (laughs) I'm just trying to relate with you. Wow. (laughs) Nice. Yeah. That was a gig I never expected. And I was just like, okay, here we go. I consulted. I actually did a lot of work on remix production and this whole dubstep thing for them and uh, him and this other singer. It was was a good time. Well, that's cool, man. Well, look, how about this? Let's get this kicked off here and actually listen to some tunes. You had this album that you put out in 2017 called Alchemy. Mm -hmm. And there's some great songs on here. I mean, like the production of these things is all like solid. Like it's nice sounding like fat pop music. Oh, thank you. Like we we use fat in there. You know, they're nice big sounding songs. And uh, uh, this was a track I really dug. It's called Hell or High Water by Thought Beings.
was Thought Beings with Hell or High Water, and I am here with Thought Beings right now. Uh, Orion, I was about to call you Mr. Orion. <laughs> Does that work? I don't know, like, it's just like a one-word alias. It's like, can you put Mr. in front of it? Sure, Mr. Orion. How proper. Yeah, it sounds nice to me. Anyways, uh, how's it going, man? Good. Doing so, good. Talk to me about this. When you first started the project, was it just like a song? You just said, hey, let's write a little fun song that just happened to be in this sort of uh, genre? Or was it the intention the whole time of, I want this to be a project? I mean, when I was a teenager, I was obsessed with 80s music. And then I guess it was like 2017, a little bit before that, I saw that Synthwave was very much doing that. And so I just thought, okay, this is perfect. This is what I can do. And um, Lemon and I, she, she was into it. She's more into pop music, like radio pop, but she loves the synth wave. She loves some 80s stuff too. And I'm the real 80s synth wave guy. I mean, when you think back to like the 80s music and stuff that you were into, like what are some of the influences that you sort of carry into this stuff? Depeche Mode, Miami Sound Machine. I liked uh, Genesis. I mean, I really love the whole pantheon of synth pop and that 80s pop. I never hear anyone talk about Miami Sound Machine. Oh, I'm obsessed. <laughs> Come on, everybody. Let's do La Conga. <laughs> <laughs> It's like Latin synth 80s freestyle pop. I like that stuff, too. <laughs> now I got that song stuck in my head. So then what's your setup like? I mean, I guess if you already had, you know, all your uh, studio set up to do like EDM electronic and stuff, like are you a, a gear collector? Are you one of those? Or are you in the box, dude? A little both. Like I have my analog synthesizers. I like to use my Juno. I like also like the in the box software. There's a lot of good stuff, especially when you mix it with I like to use a lot of Waves plugins that really emulate like a thick, rich compression tube sound. I use those a lot within the box and external analog just to kind of keep it all a little varied. Would you ever use like analog synths when doing the EDM and dubstep kind of stuff or was that more reliant on 
software. That was more software, definitely. Did you have like synths at the time when you were doing that stuff and fiddling with them, or is it more when you got into the headspace of doing a synthwave project? You mean with the synthesizer? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, at first, from when I was doing synth pop music as a teenager, and I had all my analog synths that I got at the pawn shop, and they didn't know what they had, and I got them for like a couple hundred bucks, and they're amazing. So I did all that, and I started going into more trance music after that, because, you know, synth pop was a dead genre at the time. I, I, I was not a teenager in the 80s, but I was obsessed with that. And so then making trance music led into in the box and then the, you know I started using the computer and that's where the more dubstep EDM stuff is is better there because you can really manipulate stuff better in the box <laughs> did you record any of your uh, teenage synth pop stuff yeah yeah does it exist I did a lot of like gothic stuff too so I re- I did this gothic synth pop cover of Britney Spears hit me one more time and I did it when I was really young and I I actually tweeted a a temporary link for people to download and listen to. Nice. (laughs) So it's out there. It just needs to be worked on. It was I was really young and it was very simple. People that I actually I still work with, they're actually on this on some of my albums. One of my guitarists, we were in a band together in high school. So it's like we've been working together for a while. And uh, he was like, you ever want to revive those songs from high school? I'm like, well, we'll see. We'll see. I listened to them I'm like, wow, they're really I was very young. <laughs> we were very young. You don't want to go with George Lucas, that stuff, and go back and just add some new special effects? And You know, I'm thinking about it. Kind of really amp it up. What were you guys called? We had a couple names. Our first name was Reminiscence. That's mm. the name that we used. Because we were doing, like, 80s music at a time where 80s music was no longer a thing. Reminiscence, to me, sounds like a Destiny's Child kind of name. <laughs> Yeah, it was me and my buddy, and we would use synths, you know, while, and we would do these, like, Battle of the Bands, and it was all these heavy metal and punk rock groups, and then we'd show up, like, wearing all black with a couple synthesizers. Nice. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't, we weren't super popular, but, you know, we were like, what the hell are y'all doing? Well, I would have liked it, because I did my high school in the 90s, and so that was uh, the punk rock time. Oh, yeah. And so whenever we had Battle of the Bands, like, in our area, it was all just punk stuff. Yep. And uh, I would have loved some fucking synth pop, man, but I was like, I was the weirdo for liking Depeche Mode. Like, that was the... <laughs> So was I. I felt like it made me unique, that I, I was the guy that listened to the weird 80s music. Like, I just love synths, you know? And so, yeah. for me, the I just gravitated towards anything. So even if it was like that tinny-sounding 90s dance music, it was still like, hey, it's electronic. Like, so I liked it. Totally. Even though some of it doesn't age that well, because it's like the production value isn't great. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I was consuming anything that felt electronic and synthesized i was in the same boat in a way it was interesting because there was like all the 80s pop stuff and a lot of that it was like a fatter sound compared to like the kind of tinny 90s stuff yeah until it got into the trance and then i think like in the euro dance stuff kind of felt a bit heavier but so i basically would listen to that stuff and then i just continued listening to depeche mode even though their sound morphed at that point yeah so it was still sort of like i would listen to depeche mode and whatever weird electronic music i could find but that was like before the internet so it was still getting weird like dance mix cds and stuff like this (laughs) some very ridiculous music that's still in my head because of uh, nostalgia Yeah, I love a lot of 90s music, too. Honestly, like a lot of the dance stuff, I, I've talked about this a lot on the show, Like, I like part of the song, but I, I was never into the rapper part. 
But like the '90s rappers were different because it's it's not even rap. Remember they just they would sing about really ridiculous things. The rhymes were terrible, and it was always like this weird break where it's just like, why are they doing this? And so I think that's why I preferred the Euro dance stuff because it was usually just more with just like a female vocalist and like a nice sounding chorus and stuff. And yeah, and the Euro dance when the guy would rap, it all sound kind of mechanical and kind of cooler than than yeah. And then of course there was Modo. Uh uh-uh. uh, who's that? Modo was a Eins Vines Polizei. You remember this? He was like he's Italian, but he did this techno music in German. It's very repetitive. It's almost like a mantra. Sounds familiar. And he goes like Eins Vines Polizei, blah blah blah, zim zim, and it's just and it's a. <laughs> it's hard to explain. You watch a video and you will love Modo. Modo's amazing. <laughs> Is it two T's? <laughs> it's no, it's Modo, M O D O. Oh, Modo. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Very important stuff. <laughs> <laughs> wow. But look, speaking of music, uh, let's listen to some of your music. Nice, nice. So here's another track from uh, Alchemy. This one's called Skipping Stones, and it's uh, by Thought Beings. <laughs>
Right, and that was Skipping Stones by Thought Beings. And I'm here right now with Orion, Mr. Orion, talking about dance music and stuff. So when it comes to the the lyrical content of the songs, if Lemon is singing, she's written the lyrics. And if you're singing, you've written the lyrics. Is that how it works? Uh, no, it, she'll write some of the lyrics. But the thing I do love is that she likes when I write melodies too and say, hey, can you sing this? Like I'll write the lyric and the melody. And she's more than happy to like belt it out, learn it. But she does write too. I would say like about... 70% of the time, she's writing. It's nice to have that sort of uh, collaborative uh, relationship. Totally. I know some people can get kind of, uh, what's the word, precious, you know what I mean? Like, if you try and tell them what your idea is or whatever, like, they, they'll be upset, like singers and stuff. Yeah, we. I mean, I lucked out with Lemon. She's pretty stoic, not too much ego. Like, it's cool. And, you know, she's got her own life. She's doing her own thing. And she's doing this for me because she just loves music. And so that's also awesome our albums in particular i always try to write just a short story i like to write short stories i have forever when i do that it sets a groundwork for lemon and i to lyrically be inspired by this short story so each album and i always write a nice little copy of from the short story of what the album is about and then we take part of our own lives and bring it in while still paying attention to that story that way there's a whole cohesiveness to the whole album and uh it's a lot of fun doing that what if you come up with a story that lemon's like what the hell is this shit (laughs) (laughs) i mean that hasn't happened yet but oh you know i'll definitely appreciate her honesty (laughs) (laughs) it's about like a boy and he's got this evil clown who lives in a balloon that like follows him around and she'd be like okay yeah this this sounds really uh original yeah Yeah, it's called clown balloon i just realized no that everything i just said is like from the movie it never mind i thought i was like inventing some random thing i'm like am i just talking about it (laughs) oh i thought you were doing that on purpose no (laughs) i'm actually not a very creative guy so every time i think i'm coming up with a cool idea and then people just look at me like hear me out okay it's about a guy he dresses like a bat all right he lives in this gotham city you know and anyway Batman. Simpsons did it, yeah. Yeah. But, uh, all right, well, that's cool. So then what, tell me about this year. You know, we we just came out of this fucking, uh, well, we're not out of it, but I mean, like, yeah. <laughs> this has been like sort of, uh, you know, quarantine, yeah, depending on where you live, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, how have you found the last year for working? Are you the kind of person who can, when there, if there's any sort of isolation, you can actually like use that time to work or is it stressful? Like, how does that affect you? For me, it, you know, it actually worked out in a sense that the year before the whole quarantine, we had started working together on the album, the last album, and we were writing. And then all of a sudden the quarantine happened and I was like, okay, well, I guess all I can do now is finish this album and like really focus on it because I have all the time in the world. And so I just started doing that. And um, yeah, it was really helpful for that. And then the latter part, it was kind of nice too to just relax and then let see where the album went you know now i get to just kind of watch the fruits of my labor which i really love doing that and see where it goes because it just came out like a a couple months ago i mean i lucked out because otherwise i would have lost my mind so um i kind of lucked out in that sense that's something to kind of keep me distracted are you in a city or are you in like the forest kind of in the forests okay well forests are all right except for internet do you have good internet in that forest i do luckily yeah i mean i'm kind of an isolative person i used to be a lot more extroverted and more into the scene and then when i kind of step back 
and just kind of got behind the scenes and stuff. It was nice just kind of getting my own. We, I got a house in the hills and just kind of relax out here and, and uh, nothing to distract me other than music. The only thing holding me back from doing something like that is just internet. Like I come from a small town and it's like we were there for like six months during the first part of quarantining. Oh. And there's a, the internet of like 1997. Oh, no. Yeah, yeah, like it's still going through the phone lines and shit. No, that would be rough. Yeah, I feel you, man. That's the one thing I need is the internet. <laughs> yeah, I think we all do now. Like it's Right, just, yeah, we're all plugged into this, yeah. When you can't go out, really, there is no benefit to being in the city. No. Like being in the city is all about proximity to uh, amenities and bars and stuff, and when you can't do any of that, it's like, what the fuck am I doing? I'm the I basically like in this little place paying a thousand dollars more than I should for uh <laughs> but like the only thing is I get fast internet so that's like the one caveat yeah and that's nice yeah it's pretty cool <laughs> let me tell you something about the internet it's a <laughs> the information highway yeah man you wouldn't believe it Whoa. yeah it's like you get on this surfboard and you just fly through a bunch of like <laughs> buildings and the anyway look how about this uh let's move forward here to your album explorers cool which came out in 2018 and i want to play the titular explorers track Ooh. because it is cool and uh, we're gonna do that right now man this is explorers by thought beings
And that was Thought Beings with the track Explorers. And I am here right now with Thought Beings Orion. So why don't you tell me about this album? Oh, this one was fun. This one was after we did Alchemy and the song Hell or High Water got on New Retro Wave. We were just like, okay, people are really into this. Alchemy was like kind of an experiment of let's just do every part of the decades of the 80s. Like every year of the decade is going to be a song. And then with Explorers is when I did let's I'm going to write a story and like let's make this epic album with a story and a theme. And that's what we did. And that was the most fun we had. So what are some of the uh, I just literally started that sentence and no way to finish it. I'm like, this is what I do sometimes. I tell people, like, before we start recording, I'm like, I don't have questions, you know? Like, I just like to have this thing flow naturally, and then I'll start sentences and just hope that my brain... Catches up. <laughs> yeah, it comes up with something, like a way to finish it. Nice. Why don't we talk movies here, you know? Do you have any favorite movies? Are you a movie guy? I do like movies. <laughs> um. <laughs> you know, I like a lot of science fiction. Horror, too. I like horror movies. I watch a lot of vintage 80s movies, stuff that I never saw before, and that's kind of fun to watch. You know, I just watched this video where they showed how they did the cloud effects in 80s movies. Oh, <laughs> really? Yeah, I love, because I love practical effects, so I love, because I don't find CGI that inspiring. Oh, okay. Um, I mean, like, it can look cool, but I mean, I, I it doesn't interest me the same way that practical effects do from, especially like 80s and 90s movies. And So, you know, like in 80s movies, there's a lot of movies movies that have those cool clouds where like the sky goes like crazy colors and there's like these like just cool looking clouds and they'll like part and a laser will shoot out of them or something i'm thinking specifically of like ghostbusters and uh, raiders of the lost ark and stuff oh yeah yeah they do it in a fish tank and then they fill it with half of it is salt water which is heavier and then when you pour in like the paint and the dye and stuff like that it sort of like floats on top and then they film through it oh. and that's how they get those cool looking weird morphing kind of cloud effect oh yeah it's awesome that's cool yeah i love practical effects just because i love learning all these little tricks that they're just so interesting to me because like when i say cgi isn't inspiring it's just that you know when you find out like how they do that in a computer you know like they they ran a cloud simulation it's like whatever you know like it's so much cooler thinking that like some very clever artists had to like understand the science of like different weights of water and filming through it and getting the right lighting and stuff it, that that stuff to me is way more interesting oh yeah that's why i like watching the older alien and uh even like stanley kubrick films where it's like everything was done in real time and real like there's something magical about that well i think what's cool about it is that uh filmmakers actually had to think about what they were doing yeah so that to me is always way more impressive like you talk about alien and aliens you know i mean like anytime there's a matte painting you know they're like filming through glass and like mirrors to like make the matte painting go over top of the scene they're filming so everything has to be planned meticulously to do that yeah and nowadays you would just be like oh we'll just do it later like the guy in the computer will take this footage and he'll figure it out and there's something way more magical about really having to plan stuff and know exactly what your movie is before you start even filming it yeah it's like painting it's like there's a little bit of artistry there that might be lost yeah i think that's why a lot of talented people made the shift to tv you know you can sort of spend more time with things and really flesh out ideas but i mean that's less about special effects and more about stories and characters and stuff um you know actually there was this show i wanted to watch 
but it was on HBO Max, so I never got around to it. And it was called, uh, how was it called? Raised by Wolves? Oh, I want to see that too. That trailer, I loved that trailer so much. And I'm like, fuck, I need to see this. And then I did. It's Ridley Scott, right? Yeah. I saw a bunch of really good sci-fi shows that really inspired me. Like The Expanse is one. Yes, I've been told to watch that. Brave New World was... I loved Brave New World, in spite of what people say about it. Or are you one of those people who are like, but the books, The Expanse books are better than the show, man. They're like... <laughs> well, I mean, they, it probably is, but I haven't read the books, so I don't know. I hate when people do that because like, when something's so good... I mean, Game of Thrones, before it morphed into not as good as it was uh-huh. um, you know like season one to four and I remember just going like man this show is so amazing and then people would still be like well you know the fucking books are better or whatever and I'm like don't ruin this like there's no other show that's as awesome as this now mind you it went downhill but there was a moment there was a glorious moment for a few years where Game of Thrones was like one of the most amazing shows ever made and I'd still get these idiots telling me how good the books were and I'm like fuck off oh. so I listened to the audiobook of the first one and it just kind of sounded like George R. R. Martin was like a perp He's a weird way of writing. (laughs) Oh, I know. That's just my take. Uh, Look, speaking of like the the sci-fi, let's listen to another track from Explorers. I want to listen to Alpha Centauri. Did you say Centauri or Centauri? Alpha Centauri. Centauri. It's Centauri, isn't it? Alpha Centauri. Yeah, I say Centauri. Yeah. Like Atari, Centauri. Alpha Centauri. All right, that's the way I'm going to... I'm going to say it your way. I think that's how they said it in that Lost in Space show on Netflix. Centauri? Yeah, I think that's how they said it. Like Centaur. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Lessons in in English. Here we go. All right, well, let's check it out. This is Alpha Centauri by Thought Beings.
And that was Thought Beings with the track Alpha Centauri. And I'm here with Thought Beings right now, just talking about uh, cool shows and stuff. I feel like I'm doing a lot of talking, so I want you to talk now. Okay. Um, tell me what kind of hats you like to wear. <laughs> I like to wear ancient samurai helmets. No, I'm just kidding. Right. Well, actually, I do have a couple of those, but I like to wear a cabbie hat. Yeah, fair enough. I think that's the hat I'm going to wear when I lose my hair. Right. Like a flat, hat. Yeah, a flat cap of some kind, I think. My grandpa always looked cool in one. Yeah, I think it's a good old man hat. Totally. <laughs> or maybe bring bring the bowler hat back in style. I have one of those, too. I like bowler hats. See, look at this. You know, if <laughs> you don't have a host who's so stupid who doesn't know what questions to ask people, we wouldn't find out that you were a hat guy. <laughs> I am a hat guy. <laughs> <laughs> I love a good hat. <laughs> let's let's talk about songwriting slash production. When uh, when you start like uh, writing a song, what's the first thing you put down? Do you like to put down a bass line? Do you like to put down a beat, a melody? What do you do? Yeah, when I'm writing the music, I like a good drum beat just to kind of see what's the vibe of this song. Then I'll lay down a bass line. And then from there, the keys. Sometimes I'll write lyrics to the beat. Sometimes I'll take like a poem or something I wrote and work it to fit the beat. And that's my process. It's pretty basic, but I usually get the song in my head. Like I see the whole entire song right before I'm like, this is the song I want to make. And I hear it all from start to finish. And then I'm like, okay, now I got to put this all into the computer. And so that's kind of the process for me. So at what point does lemon join the song? Does she ever come in and say, I've got a stuff written and make a song around this? Or is it always start with something from you first? Usually for me first. I mean, I usually send her some, some just like raw beats and, stuff that if anything she's feeling and she wants to write to and then as well like I'll have like some melodies that I want to sing but they're way too high for me so I'm like okay let's Lemon can do this better than me and so that'll happen a lot too do you still currently work like as a producer or like working on other people's stuff like is that still a thing you do that is still a thing I do yeah but I because of 2020 I was supposed to go to to London to work on a project and that got completely cancelled so I, I've kind of been taking a break from that which is nice because I could have focused on Thought Beings which is a lot more fun do you have a studio set up like in your place that's capable of doing that kind of work like remotely or do you still have to go to a studio in order to do that stuff i can do it remotely and some things i have done for this particular project i was supposed to go to london for it was i was supposed to be there in person because a lot of artists will prefer that they want to do everything in person right this has just been my experience too especially with a lot of female singers pop singers they like really want to know the producer and really be involved. And so I was going to fly out there to see what we could work on and see what I can put in. But, you know, I don't mind just being like an assistant or just adding my parts or working with a chorus here. Or I just, I love being any part of the process. And the label that I was going to go fly to London with, I've had a relationship with them for a long time. And so they've really uh, helped my career they've helped me keep going so do other people in your life know about that you are thought beings or is it a secret to loved ones you know i the the great thing about it is that i don't have to keep it a secret because it's such a weird thing that they don't even understand what thought beings is mm. and i don't blame them it's like i mean what i don't even know how to explain it to them so you know at uh at family gatherings and stuff in the past it's like hey let's talk about your thing i'm like oh no not my thing <laughs> 
I don't know how to explain it. Luckily, I didn't have to do that this year, so that was nice. Yeah, see, sometimes these 2020 <laughs> brings little blessings. Yeah, I don't have to talk about my weird art conceptual projects. Yeah. <laughs> Like I said, I make a little show on YouTube where I'm in a spaceship talking to puppet turtles. So, like, the less I talk about that to people, the better. Because this, <laughs> I why haven't I seen this? I need to see this. There's no way to talk about that normally. So, <laughs> so how about this? I want to talk about the the new one, the new album, Neon Beach. Cool. I think I, this is how I I discovered you guys, but it was um, Aztec Records sent it to me. Oh, nice. So wh- how did you get connected with them? Because the the other two weren't Aztec, were they? No, no. The other two were independent release. We had gotten to the point, like, we were so excited about this album because it was just, like, such a big collaborative thing. And the way we wrote it was just, it was all just really exciting. And I wanted physical copy releases. And I've always had my eye on Aztec because we were asked to do a couple remixes for them through an artist that we like and that, um, you know, we were like, cool, we'll do a remix for you. And we did that, too, because we wanted wanted the attention of Aztec. And then so when we had the album ready, we sent them, I think, about like 13, 14 songs. And um, they listened and they said, we like these nine. And they told us for one, can you add vocals to this one? I think a couple. They said, can you add vocals? Because they were instrumentals. I'm like, sure. And I was just kind of happy like that they were even like brave enough to tell us, hey, not these songs. We think these will be perfect. And it just created this nice little package. It's very impactful that way. And I I just, I give a lot to the creation of of Neon Beach to Aztec Records as well. Well, how about this, man? Let's listen to some tracks from it here. I want to listen to Satellite because it's a nice, fun pop song. And uh, we're going to do that right now. This is Satellite by Thought Beings.
And that was Thought Beings, the track Satellite. And I'm here right now with Thought Beings Orion. Howdy ho. Hi. That one is definitely inspired by Conga. (laughs) (laughs) Just to let you know. Well, it's a fun thing. I like it's got that kind of like uh, 90s dance lead kind of thing going on. Yeah. And then it has like the Congo drums and yeah. Yeah. No, it's a good track, man. Good job. <laughs> High five. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> now, you said you mentioned that there were several songs that that Aztec was like, just put these other ones on. But I imagine you still you still like those other ones. You're going to release them? Are they going to be singles or what's your plan? Yeah. You know, I, I've been thinking about doing like a neon b-sides and then just releasing though i think it's like four or five songs and yeah i mean they're they're great songs i can kind of see why they were put aside when i listen to them they're a little off to the the side a little bit so i i think they're still great and as a four package they're all very much kind of like satellite they have those vibes so i think they kind of thought hey satellite represents that vibe because each song has its own kind of vibe to it and they probably were like that's enough of that (laughs) (laughs) next songs yeah so then is that what you think is going to be the next thought beings thing well yeah i mean i that was my intention with neon beach was to like have this whole like miami sound machine gloria stefan meets Depeche Mode type of thing going on. And, um, you know, it kind of didn't come out exactly that way. It started becoming very, very much like Peter Gabriel and like Tom Tom Club. And like we were getting inspired by um, even up to Ace of Bass. Like it was like all these Afro-Caribbean vibes and sounds. I remember a lot of synth pop in the 80s, especially from the UK, would borrow those those vibes, those Afro-Caribbean vibes and it was synths. And it was just like, that's what we're going to do. And that's kind of how it happened. So all those freestyle 80s Miami Sound Machine sounding songs was our intention to have a whole album that kind of had that vibe, but now those are the b-sides so i guess the b-sides are going to represent that and it's kind of the future of what we're going to do i just got really into that sound it's just festive and, and just yeah 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 for sure hey here's a fun thing uh years ago this is <laughs> this is going to sound like a tangent out of nowhere uh years ago listeners sent in questions that they want me to ask artists mm-hmm. and i always forget about them mm-hmm. but uh today i'm gonna i'm gonna get to it so i got one here all right uh someone wrote well, they, they say some swear words. I'm going to offend you now. I'm sorry. Said, I'd love a fuck-up night where producers share their biggest fuck-ups in production, mixing, performing, etc. Always encouraging for newcomers to learn about stuff like that. Do you have any stories where you fucked up? <laughs> Gosh. My 20s? No, I'm just kidding. I think <laughs> our first gig that I did with one one of my first bands, and I was doing actual backup dancing, and it was like, we had the CD, and I just, I thought it was really clever to buy this portable type CD player that was kind of heavy duty, and I don't know why I decided to put it on top of a speaker, oh, no. and so I was like, <laughs> <laughs> you can see where this is going, right? And so I was just like, we were all getting ready, we had our dance routines ready, we were in the, the pop girl was in the front, and me and my bandmate at the time were like in the back, and it like the build up, it was epic, it was introductions and lights, and then right as the beat's about to drop, it was like these fart noises because like the bass was so heavy that the CD just was like doing these fart noises and everyone just were like looking at us like we just ruined the whole night it was the worst it was the worst and we kept trying to start it over and then we were like okay no 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 just give it to the guy in the DJ booth here and so they took the CD we tried to look clever like it was a synthesizer and like I was hiding the it was so bad it was so bad (laughs) 
It was so embarrassing. I like that idea of like trying to hide it though. That's cool. <laughs> I mean, I guess that's my my thing here. You know? Well, to be fair, like not that there was really any live performance last year, but um, you know, for a number of years there, when I was going to live sort of synthwave shows, and a lot of them are artists, it's basically just like you know, like one guy in a laptop. Uh-huh. And there's certain problems that never uh, that uh, never go away. You know, so w- when it's not the CD, it's the uh, the old USB that falls out of the laptop or the uh, you know the USB cable gets disconnected and the show stops like there's I've been to a few of those and uh, it can be tricky oh, man. but that's part of like the yeah. resolve of a, of a good artist to sort of like get their way out of that situation yeah I mean we had finally we we're like give it to the DJ give it to the DJ <laughs> <laughs> the sad part is I didn't have a, a control on the mix so it was like oh the, the music's a little too quiet but wait we got through the night and you know there was no pitchforks so did you have like a dance routine yeah it was a it was a dance routine it was like a house pop house number and she was like this really good diva singer and like we were about to do this whole backup thing i was very much a hustler in my in my 20s of with the music i was like i am going to do whatever it takes and so i was backup dancer i was producer i was a songwriter i was like just you (laughs) name it i was just like in it you know that's fun yeah it was thought beings being the way it is like i guess you wouldn't consider doing that live you know we think about it i lemon was like no i don't want to do that and i'm i understand and so i'm like okay the logistics of it is like i would probably have to get someone that's willing to sing lemon's parts if we're going to do it live and then and then you wear a mask i guess so yeah i mean there's a <laughs> lot of things you know what i would love to do like gorillas you know like uh the band gorillas and i like how they use their cartoon live that'd be cool all these nagel people like performing and yeah 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 i wonder if you just get like makeup done like that that too it's something right i keep kind of thinking about it john from aztec records is always like have you thought about doing something live how would you do it i'm like yeah we're always going in circles about that we just don't know how i don't know if i could I don't know if I even have the energy to be in a mask on a hot, sweaty stage. Yeah. I've done the performance where I've toured. I've done that whole thing. And it's it's not very glamorous, in my opinion. And then to be all sweating, uh, I don't know. Just walk out on stage and press play on a CD player and then just start <laughs> dancing. There you go. That would be amazing. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) Well, look, we could probably wind down. I want to listen to one more track. This is one, at first, I didn't know what to make of this song, and then it just grew on me, and I think the chorus is great. Uh, It's called Mystery School, Mm -hmm. and it's got that kind of talk singing reminiscent of, like, Pet Shop Boys, and, and I recognize, like, oh, I see what he's doing here, you know? So on the first listen... I was sort of unsure about it, but uh-huh. the chorus is just so damn catchy that uh, I cannot refuse what this song is uh, is doing. And <laughs> nice. so I want to I want to listen to it. This is a mystery school by Thought Beings.
that was Thought Beings with Mystery School. I've been chatting with Orion from Thought Beings. So that's interesting. Do you choose Orion because of the sci-fi, like the star thing? Yeah. Orion Pleiades. That's my stage name. I like the fact that you have a stage name with no intention of playing on a stage. (laughs) Well, the stage in my mind. Yeah, man, the chorus of this one just it gets gets stuck in my head, this thing. Nice. Thank you. That's my personal favorite on the album. There you go. Yeah. I'm glad you could get through the rapping part. I know that part's kind of interesting. Yeah, I get that. But it's so evocative of a certain 80s vibe. Yes. You know, like Pet Shop Boys or Murray Head's like One Night in Bangkok yeah, that like, totally. despite yeah. its silliness, it has this fun nostalgia to it. I love that about 80s music where they do this weird talking and this really weird rapping. Like, it's not American rap it's like something else and so i wanted to do that what i love about 80s music is the earnestness of it i mean it's what i love about a lot of 80s culture stuff Mm -hmm. which i feel like isn't captured properly even in the retro scene because i think sometimes people really focused on the aesthetic and not the the essence yes just being earnest even if it means earnestly singing something silly or being silly being cheesy yes cheesy and so I think what I like about I I guess the whole sort of thought beings thing it culminates in mystery school because it's like it's a fun song it's got a fun chorus it's also really cheesy but in that way that I love (laughs) and yeah I think part of it is the sort of the the talk singing stuff because it's like a lot of people when they do their 80s revival projects it's all about being cool so in their minds it's all Don Johnson driving a Lamborghini along the coast yeah and they they want to envision themselves as being these cool people and I tend to gravitate towards the the synth pop projects where I can tell people are having fun exactly right like it was just all loud and bombastic and flashy and silly Yeah. yeah totally so man i dig it that's the point thank you yeah yeah that's the that's the reference of the 80s that i love it was just like anything was really cool i mean you had all these synthesizers and any sound you played everyone was impressed it was all super impressive and (laughs) that created this like foster i was kind of innocent and so anything was rad and cool and that's what i want yeah man well listen is there anything you want to talk about that we didn't talk about or no i mean i i know that we have a a song out on a movie called american zombie land and that just came out and then we're working on some collaborations and i'm hoping that they come out this year that would be great because we don't do a lot of those they always tend to fall through so i'm excited to i'm talking with some artists and it looks like it's going to happen so i'm excited about that so when you collaborate what's that going to mean the only time I've collaborated with someone, I provided vocals for their beat, and that's with Robots with Ray Guns. Yep. And what I want to do next is I want someone to sing on my beats, and then Lemon and I want to sing backup. We think it would be really neat. Okay, that'd be cool. Yeah. Well, it's always interesting, you know, when people are sort of in like a a duo situation and they'll be featuring on someone else's track or they'll do like a collab, but it's kind of just like the one Mm -hmm. person, Mm -hmm. but it still, it still says like collaboration with this artist or group, but it's like, it was just kind of like the one guy from that group kind of thing. Totally. Yeah. No, I want to include Lemon. Yeah. Yeah. I hope it comes. I hope it happens. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's about it. I already kind of have an idea for the next album kind of. The whole thing is kind of in my head. And so I'm like, okay, do I want to do this? So I'm going to write the story and see what what we do with it. Thinking the end of this year, we'll start working on it. Nice. Well, something to look forward to, man. Cool. I dig that. And then it's right at the end of the year. You can do that and you can watch Boba Fett television show. (laughs) Is that for real? Yeah. Oh. There's going to be a Boba Fett television show. 
That's oh, assuming cool. if you know what Boba Fett is. That's <laughs> yes, I <Okay>. definitely know. <laughs> wait, you didn't cool. wait. You didn't watch Mandalorian season two. I did not watch Mandalorian. What is it good? What <laughs> the hell is happening? Yes, <laughs> I've seen Star Wars like the the regular canon, you know, but. I haven't watched any of the new offshoots or anything that's happening. Well, Mandalorian's great. I mean, it's uh, it's more in line with the original movies. Okay. So it's it's it just it kind of has more of that feeling to it, less so of the the new ones that came out. It, it sort of feels more like a continuation of like the older films. Oh, cool! That sounds fun. Yeah, and it's really it's it's very very simple, but in a good way. Cool. Because you know, like anytime you invest in a television show these days, it's like you you know you start a show and it's like, and this is going to be a seven season long arc where every episode just connects to the next one and, and Mandalorian is like, it's almost like watching a live action cartoon. Like the plots are very, very simple. And so it's nice that you can just sort of turn on an episode and it's like, this episode, he goes to an ice planet and fights a spider. And like, that's it. <laughs> like that's the whole show. Like Nice. Yeah, so that's I what like I- like that explanation. Yeah, so I dig that because I'm just, because pretty much any other show you invest any time into nowadays, it's all that sort of streaming model where it's just one big long story that just keeps continuing and- mm-hmm. In a way, I sort of miss episodic TV because it's easier to invest your time when you can just sort of like turn it on and go, yep, and then turn it off. Yeah. I mean, like, to be fair, I loved when this sort of form of TV came out. Like, I remember like when 24 came out and it was like so exciting to watch a show that was like serialized. I'm a big classic Doctor Who fan and so like I always just love cliffhanger endings. I love Doctor Who. Now every TV show is that. Now I'm like yearning for the day when I can just watch one episode of a thing and just kind of shut it off and be like, yeah, I'm done. Good. (laughs) Right? That's kind of like I just watched Star Trek Next Generation for the first time during quarantine. Mm. I watch an episode every day. It's just like that. The episode's over. You don't you don't miss anything for the next one yes no exactly it's nice yeah. it's a nice feeling i mean i yeah. i probably i will probably do that at one point i remember like a few years ago we were doing like these little star trek reviews and so i had i had people just tell me like episodes i should watch uh-huh. so i just watched like a few like key ones because when i was growing up i was big into doctor who and so like i sort of was like i don't watch star trek you know i'm a doctor who nerd oh nice but like now later in life just seeing the way sci-fi is and stuff now that was sort of disappointing me and then i when I started watching Star Trek episodes, I'm like, actually, this is a pretty good show. Like, right? I had an aversion to it when I was younger. I was like, eh, it looks boring. And now I'm like, oh, this is this is it's pretty lovely. It's a lovely show. You know, there's just something nice about a show where the crew are just like experts, like working together, mm-hmm. working together to solve problems and stuff. Like, there's just I don't know why, because I just feel like now there just has to be drama inserted into everything. And so there was just something quaint about a show where it's like, yeah, like when they have a mission and they sit around a table and like talk about plans and alternatives and yeah there's something about that i'm like actually this is nice this is <laughs> it made me feel good yeah same here yeah. i really enjoyed it anyway well look listen now we're gonna get caught on a whole tangent here as we're saying goodbye <laughs> but uh, listen it was nice to meet you you too keep on making cool music and uh, people should go check out thought beings at thoughtbeings.org <laughs> <laughs> Thoughtbeingsmusic.com <laughs> And uh, go check it out, everybody. There's uh, three albums and they're solid. Thank you. Thank you for having me. That was a lot of fun. 
All right, that was my conversation with Thought Beings. I uh, hope you enjoyed that. Tune in next week to Beyond Synth, the best synthwave chat show there is. And uh, if you get a chance, go to YouTube, uh, the Beyond Synth YouTube, and check out the latest episode of Andy's Spaceship. Uh, I've got another one coming up, hopefully within the next few weeks, a full-length episode, which I'm going to go and edit right now, the second I'm finished doing this, because I want to get it done, because i got some exciting plans. And, uh, yeah, that's all I have to say. So I will uh, talk to you all next week on Beyond Synth, the best synthwave chat show there is. All right. Thanks for Beyond Synth is made possible by the supporters on Patreon and PayPal. If you enjoy the show, please consider becoming a supporter at patreon.com slash beyondsynth or donating via PayPal at beyondsynth.com. If you want to submit music to the show, please email beyondsynthsubmissions at gmail.com. Don't forget to follow and subscribe to Beyond Synth on YouTube, Instagram, Twitch, Twitter, and Facebook. May the Force be with you.